Hey, what's up, La Familia? You crazy football-loving nutters. This is Ray Hudson, and you are luxuriating in listening to the Inter-Miami podcast with a stupefyingly magnificent Jay and Alex. Two lads who are as electrifying as a hairdryer thrown into a hot tub. Stay tuned, because you know what it's going to be. It's going to be magisterial with an amplifier. The goal score, Morgan, and he's done it again. Lewis Morgan with a second of the match. He won't have a goal. He's framed the top 90. It's a sensational first goal for Gonzalo Higuain. I feel like I've waited 18, 18 months of my life for the MLS to just come back. Just come back 18 months. Since I've been able to watch Inter Miami at Drive Pink Stadium, even though it's only been like literally a little less than four months, but hot diggity dog did it feel so good to be able to just absorb as much MLS as one person can take this past week. And it was such a happy, happy time in my life. That when things are sad, I'm going to just think back to that weekend. You know, it felt like, as you said, it was like 18 months, an eternity, whatever. But it was all worth it to see that beautiful South Florida sunset. The North stands were rocking. The players were behind the club. The club were behind the players. And damn, did it feel good to finally see that. You know, it was it was well worth the wait. I'm happy we all got to witness that unity for once in three years. And hopefully this is a building block of things to come, man. This is, I mean, Lewis Morgan died for this, you know, <laughs> Lewis Morgan died for this club for us to come back uh, without obviously whole new complete roster, which I think just adds up to like that anticipation and that hype of wanting to see, Everyone play in, you know, a real game, not just a preseason game where there's heavy rotation, uh, but, you know, the first official match of the season. It came, it went, it was a good time for all parties involved, unless you're only solely for focused on the win column. But we're going to get into all that. Let's not do that now. Welcome, everyone, to the Inter-Miami Podcast. I am Jay Kington, joined tonight by Mr. Than, the unit, Harrington. How are you doing, buddy boy? As you flex. I love it. <laughs> I, dude, I had to flex, you know. I got to make sure all the, the listeners can hear. Well, I wish they could see, but hey, we're working Nothing makes me feel better than me shirtless next to you dressed in clothes as your bicep is like the size of my thigh uh for all listeners this is now your not safe for work warning uh welcome back <laughs> to dinner my heavy podcast uh no man i'm good like you said mls is back the mls and our football did not leave my tv at all this weekend from epl to mls from morning noon night I'm fairly certain that Lucy wanted to divorce me by the end of the weekend, but mm. hey, football's back and that's all that matters, baby. 
I hate that you said EPL because I just remembered that. I think Roman's divorcing Chelsea. Oh, sore subject. But let's focus on, on MLS. Uh, Alex is not here. He's moving. He's probably also still hungover from the absolute rowdy blast we had uh, after the game at Miss Q's uh, with Vice City, per usual, man. Just dudes have no chill. It's, it was so much fun. But Sunday was rough. Uh, he got to use the excuse of moving to not coming to work today. I did have to go into work, and it was not that enjoyable of an experience. But, hey, I don't care because the season's back, and now we're in the situation where every week we're going to be able to, to, to watch this team play. And that is really, I think, that our happy zone. Like That's our happy place, right? Yeah, like the preseason shows are cool. The, you know, IMPC award shows that we do at the end of the season are cool, but there's just nothing like the the week to week, the chase for the shield, the chase for the playoffs. Uh, I mean, how you really can't beat it, man. You, you really can't beat it. Such a good time. Yeah, I mean, the regular season is what it's all about. It's that race, the constant shifting back and forth the surprising up-and-comers, not you, Cincinnati, and the, you know, the constant table toppers. You know, it's, it's, it's just great to have football back. I don't know how many times I can keep saying it. Uh, I feel so bad for Cincinnati. Being so close, is, I've been to Cincinnati so many times. It's literally like just less than an hour away from Louisville. I feel, I feel kind of like at this point, it's just not even. It's it's getting sad. It was funny. Now it's getting sad. Like I, I met my my buddies uh, had like his cousin's boyfriend that I met like at like their wedding party or whatever. He works for FC Cincinnati, and I was just like. <laughs> Hey man, like don't don't worry. Like at least at Miami, like we kind of feel your pain. You know, it's, there's been some struggles to launch, so we get it. But uh, it, it's yeah, it's tough. But as soon as they put out that cringy fan chant video, they should have just called it a day. Like <laughs> yeah. it's and then they have they have the cones to say that they're on par with La Familia. Oh, out of here! Yeah, get out of here. They don't season their chicken, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there was honestly, there's not been a lot of news, um, you know, at the end of last week. And then right now, the, I think the biggest piece of news um, that, you know, I, I was extremely excited about and I know you're absolutely thrilled about was that we did announce Noah Allen was signed to a short term loan. And I think was it a couple episodes ago, we were talking about, you know, which of the Academy products or Fort Lauderdale CF products that we want, really wanted to see get some exposure, right? And if I correct me if I'm wrong, I think your pick was was Acosta. Uh, I was Allen, but I know like your second was Allen, or maybe your third was Allen. And and I know you've been high up on this kid. Uh, I think you probably initially way back when put me on to him, and then he's kind of one of the main ones that I really was was tracking throughout that. But I mean, shoot, to come into this game. Being so young and in, in, I mean, we're I don't I don't want to spoil the game, but but because we're, we're going to do the game recap, so let's just do initial thoughts on the short term loan of Noah Allen. What is your your I take mean, on that? You you already hit the nail on the head. I've been the most excited. I've also been waiting to utter these words to everybody who listens. I told you so. 
<laughs> the kid get... is fire. The loan is good for him because it's going to allow him to get up there with the first team and get the experiences like he did against Chicago. But it's also going to allow him to take this back down to the MLS next squad um, and, and bring that experience down to them, which is only going to make them better. I mean, 17 years young, dude. That is crazy. Absolutely crazy. But his his talent is there. And the coaches see that. You watched the preseason where he got his, his start against, uh, you know, Charlotte in the, in the last game and when we became the, you know, Carolina Challenge champions, baby. Uh, I mean, it's there. My, like, I'm, I'm very happy with it, obviously. But do we really think that he's going to be going back down to Inter Miami two, which is what they're you said they're rebranding the MLS MLS next team as? But do you really think he's down there for a long time before being called back up? Um, you know, I think it depends on what Phil wants to do. If he's not going to stick to five in the back, he might try to go. With, with a different look that might not include Allen, it also depends on what team he's facing. Playing Allen against a Chicago is a great move because it's not that great of a club. It's going to be a good enough talent and good enough challenge to get his toes wet in the league. But I don't necessarily know if I'd put him up in a, in a Portland game or an LAFC game yet. That like in bold capital letters, like neon yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's got, he's got the poison moxie to be able to do it with a little bit more experience under his belt. He's got the raw talent, right? It's, it's about, can we get him there? And I think the, 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 probably the, one of the biggest factors that, you know, we, we haven't really even touched on yet is Gibbs seems to still be dealing with the, 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 the nagging injury. So once he's ready to go, I would have to assume that he reclaims that wingback role, that that left wingback as as the starter. And then, you know, we're going to get into this discussion in the game recap as far as the formations go. What are our thoughts maybe of going back to like the 4-2-3-1? But I think everyone was happy. Um, I mean, before we get into the game recap, I'll, I'll just give a little sneak peek. He played a hell of a game and had a, a, an ovation when he left the pitch. So uh, I think this is pretty good. I would like to see some more of this throughout the season. I know that there's still a few more additions the team plans to make with some, you know, the summer window and whatnot. But, um, you know, going back to last season when they, you know, announced they were bringing up Ascona, Valencia, uh, Frey, and then just to, to make that announcement to just then in turn, just send them right back down to Fort Lauderdale, like confuse me. Why even make the big fanfare of it if you're not going to use them? So I, I, I really, I know Phil's kind of on the same page of this MLS, MLS next program because you can call them up for periods of time. And that's what we want to see because I don't know anyone else higher on the Academy and um, you know, what was Fort Lauderdale now to be inter Miami too than you. I mean, you, that that was something you were heavy into. Uh, but I think a lot of people are starting to realize that we could have one of these great academy programs like an FC Dallas, like a Philly Union, where we can harbor this talent and then supplement in maybe some senior or maybe, you know, one or two big name players. Because like we still are inner Miami and 
I think that's still gonna gonna happen no matter how many times we say we want like the young hungry players I still think there's always that flashy image and like premier team in America that that you know Beckham and Moss want this uh to be but I mean this is how it starts man I would agree with you and to go back on your Felipe and and Edison and Ian uh point a lot of that too was I think they wanted to prove that they are bringing the core values that Neville and Beckham grew up with, which was the Manchester United way of academy, academy, academy. And if that fails, academy. You got to have these young kids integrated with the team early on. And we actually got into an interesting conversation on the Discord. Uh, believe it or not, one of your Chelsea faithful was talking about how the loan system works out better. But I'd argue and say that you have to have these kids, especially at a team that's on year three, integrated with your core beliefs. Loaning them out is only going to hurt them and confuse them with what is expected with them on the loan and what's expected with them when they get back. So I love the move. If they move back down for a bit, great. But the focus from the entire organization to get the academy team up, get them experience is, you know, the right steps towards becoming that Philly union uh, FC Dallas and the likes. And I think we're, uh, we're finally on the right path with that. I agree. I agree. And I think that's pivotal. I think that's, that's crucial for us to really find the success that, uh, that we're looking for here and, you know, give it time. We'll just continue uh, developing these players. Um, so before we really get into this game, do want to shout out Alex uh, Smith. He runs the inter Miami, uh, dad's group and I keep getting some feedback in here. I think I'm just getting a little too excited. Uh, he runs the inner Miami dad's group. Do want to give him a big, big shout out, uh, was texting me. Actually he was Facebook messaging me, which I'm, I keep my phone on, like do not disturb for most of the time. So, uh, then Than started texting me as, as he was trying to get a hold of me outside the stadium, but he dropped off uh, a sweet, sweet, um, like, I don't even know Yeti like metal koozie uh, that that reads uh, like dad with Miami and in, in, in kind of a, a, a take on their crest a little bit with the big heron and a little heron as you know a son or daughter locking legs with the the son I'll hold it up for you Than you are getting one uh, he will be uh, hopefully meeting up with you when you come down here or shipping it to you uh alex will not get one because we do not know of any confirmed children that alex has he you know i guess i can't give a final like answer on that because you just never know but have you, you'll be getting have one have you checked them well have you checked the metaverse do his metaverse kids <laughs> check them he's over here mating nfts for sure but nfts doesn't get him the sweet versatile uh yeti koozie thing which can hold i've already tested this bud i'm gonna undo it right now it can hold a 12 ounce can it can hold a 12 ounce bottle it can hold a white claw or a skinnier like miller uh mick ultra something like that right so shout out alex smith this thing is dope we'll be rocking this at the tailgates keeping my bush lattes so damn cold and, uh, and yeah, just wanted to make sure we share some love. So let's get into the game. High-level stuff here. Come out in a draw. High-level stuff here. First half, a little sketchy. Get it together. 
in the second half. We do have some some stats here uh, that the team provided for us. So uh, there will be, you know, we're, we're going to comment on a few of these, but just uh, high level. I mean, you, you're looking at what I am before we kind of break this down. What were your initial thoughts? We are definitely going to rue the chances we didn't take. Uh, we could have easily won this game. I, I don't know. It was nice to see that the offseason was good to the team and Phil had a vision towards this game from what I understand and from what I was watching. Um, I just wish, and I know it's a lot to ask from the first game, but I wish we would have had a little more uh, fluidity in our game. Um, but I wasn't disappointed. I know there was a lot of fans that were uh, pitchforks and and torches out, like already screaming that we're no better than we were in 2022. But or uh, I don't know, 2021. I'm sorry, I meant to say. Uh, but I would beg to differ. I think we're we're heading in the right direction. Just looking at the stats, I think we are as well. Um, you know, this is a Chicago team that has has revamped their attack with Casper Shabelko coming over uh, from the Philly Union, from uh, Jordan Shakiri coming over from Lyon, who, you know, what, a, a year or two before that was with um, the, the damn Scousers, the Liverpool people that we, we do hate so much, you and I, that's a shared hatred uh, in our lives. Um, but amazing player. I mean, talented player could, could shred the MLS and – to be able to to not give up a goal to them, I think, was a, a big, you know, sign. Yeah, there were a lot of nerves, and you know, it's the first real game of this team. Um, I don't think players were as settled. They started to, to to get it in the second half, but it was a little too little, uh, too late on that. But what I really liked here was the the back line seemed to be. Uh, much more cohesive. Yes, there were mistakes made, but you know, if if say like McVeigh made a mistake or you know Quinteros and Lowe was there to to correct it or to save face for everybody, and then on the occasions that they did break through, Diop made some pretty you know crazy saves here uh, for for a draw. So as far as the defense goes. We're seeing potential. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because, again, it's the first season. It's probably, I mean, first uh, game of this season, but really the first, I mean, we lost like, what, 21 players, I think, in total, right? So a complete new squad. Uh, that's promising. It's going to take time to get to where we want to go, but at least we're not conceding goals because that seemed to be what we were plagued with last season. I don't know. I have concerns about Quinteros, and I know it's only the first game. He got turned inside out and was the reason that a lot of our back line and Diop had to scramble and make some ridiculous saves. Not blaming him, the entire thing is not on his shoulders, but a lot of it is. Uh, back line, cohesiveness, though, I think if we would have got turned inside out by that last season, we wouldn't have recovered as well as we did, which allowed Allen and Yedlin to get up the field uh, so definitely some bright spots in terms of defense. Yeah, and I mean, I, like this was a big question, right? The 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 left midfield starter because we knew it was going to be Gregory, knew it was going to be G Molter. The left field was a question, which was Mo Adams. Not really sold on him. Didn't do anything horrible, but certainly didn't impress. Like right? kind of slightly invisible out there. The 
other question was that right back position. Was it going to be Quinteros? Was it going to be Mabika? You know, they, they do have a, a few options there. Obviously, it's not going to be our boy Ian Frey due to the injury. But that that's a position, you know, to keep your eye on. I mean, Quintero, you know, fairly highly touted, right? I mean, he's from plays with the Bolivian national team. Uh, we have he's been a member of this this club since our inaugural season. We just haven't seen him because he's been on loan. But yeah, that, that there could be some corrections there. I think Mobika still needs to grow. But if Phil said it as well, like. If this was last season, we lose that game, our heads go down, and, and then the game's over. And 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 that was what plagued us. I'm okay with the Ben don't break model as long as we can build off it. Honestly, I think we see Mabika if we continue to trend downward on the aerial duels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we, that height is, is now a weapon for us, right? So... You add Mabika, I mean, it, it just goes up. But uh, gonna, this this will be something to to certainly keep your eye on because now we're full fly wingers. You know, I don't think our wingers had the capabilities uh, or the tactics last year. Like we're really requiring a lot out of Noah Allen and Yedlin, and then when Gibbs comes back, just with this slightly different formation that we're running, uh, it really does require them to be up there. But to be fair, we had Lewis Morgan playing a wing back spot. I mean, and he was doing the damn best he could. And then Joven Jones was invisible half the time he was mm-hmm. on the left side. So I think, and I'm not trying to rip anybody, but I think this year is where we start to see those building blocks into what Phil wants to do. I know I keep saying it, but Noah Allen and Yedlin is the perfect mix of youthful exuberance and and the experience, mm-hmm. the big stage experience, whether it's the U.S. men's national team, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he played in Champions League or Europa League, one of the two. Doesn't matter. It's two of the highest yeah, stages yeah, yeah. In, in club football. So, I don't know. I, I like the mix. Um, as long as we have that solid back line, we'll be good to go with that. Again, it's a work in progress. We, we must kind of taper our expectations, right? Because this is going to take some time to really see what happens. And, and we're about to get into, uh, you know, some of the forwards and the attack, which, you know, same kind of theme. But all in all, I think that the defense stepped up in a big way, especially considering where we were last year, uh, the holes that we had in that defense of last year. So like to see it. I expect us to keep improving. The fact that we kept Shakiri in check, albeit it was his first game in the MLS, but just to be able to keep him in check uh, is a positive sign. And then really impressed with Diop, obviously. He was the man of the match. Very well deserved. We're going to be rocking with him for at least a few more games because Marsman, uh, you know, will not be back yet. Still dealing with a little bit of an injury. But, Than, what were your thoughts on Gonzalo uh, pulling back a little bit, playing more of the kind of like that false nine, but more, honestly, of like a true number 10 role? What, what did you see out there that uh, you liked or any issues that you had? You know, I got to be honest with you. Seeing Gonzalo drop back into the 10 is more fitting of the elder statesman of our squad. He looked good in the 10 role. Uh, you want to call it a false nine like you just referenced. I think he looked good looking for Campania, looking for the wingers, looking for the run and creating. He's not going to be the Gonzalo of old blasting in 20 goals a season. He needs to facilitate more. And I think 
with his experience and the youthfulness of our new midfield, it's going to benefit well for the club. I agree. And, you know, we're going to get into the power rankings a little bit further on, but one of the, the highlights they made in there was that he had seven key passes, which led the league actually this past week um, and uh, created a lot of good chances. We saw Campagna kind of dealing with the nerves. Um, I do expect that to correct itself. I think that he really found himself in really great positions and that once he can settle in and, and get more comfortable and confident, with the team and, and his role that we will start seeing uh, goals drop. My only real concern here, you know, if we're going to talk about the partnership between Gonzalo and Campania is I really don't like a five, three, two formation. I understand it seems more of like a safety, you know, security kind of blanket right now, but neither Gonzalo nor Campania are, are going to break anyone with their speed. I think we have those assets on the wing that are, obviously much faster and could really be utilized. And I'm talking about uh, Lasseter. I'm talking about Emerson. I'm talking about Robbie Robinson. Uh, and even, you know, Robbie Taylor to some extent could play up there on the wing if needed. And we've been seeing these rotations, you know, shortly after halftime of going from a 5-3-2 to, to a 5-2-3, then bringing on, you know, Lasseter or Emerson and, and having more of a winger dynamic in there. Uh, what are your, you know, I think you're probably more in line with, with the, the safety and security side as we kind of grow and then maybe change formations, maybe possibly go back to like a four, two, three, one, where do you want to see this team right now? And then where would you like to see them say, you know, two months down the road? So as of right now, let's stick with what we've got. We had nine debutants out there for the first match. We weren't sure what we had. Let's be honest, Phil in some spots was band-aiding, bubblegumming, MacGyvering a, a back line, which we, I mean, personally, I'm going to speak for myself, I wasn't sure of. Quinteros, like we talked about already, it was a little iffy. Um, but going forward, I would like to see some formation changes without handcuffing Noah Allen and, and DeAndre Edlin. I, I like their speed up front. I mean, Yedlin almost had a penalty. Um, I think he's dangerous. He'll be dangerous for a few more years in the MLS. I just don't want to see us take away from him. However, with Noah Allen, while he had a successful game against Chicago, I don't want youthful exuberance to put uh, unnecessary pressure on the back line that we have right now and our backup keeper. I agree, but you know, and to be fair, he, he almost had a penalty, but it wasn't, and that was that was a dive, that was definitely yeah. definitely a dive. Uh, appreciate the effort, but we're trying to change our old ways. So you know, let's get some real contact and not just go to the ground so easily. You know, I have no issues with either of the wingbacks coming in there and, and having a go. No, Allen wasn't really that far off. He he had a, a nice chance from the left side. Uh, full all for it, but you know we don't need. Um, there's enough reasons to hate Inter Miami in this league. I I don't want to uh, add any more, but I really do. And, and we've mentioned this previously uh, in the in the podcast. But I think the biggest kind of factor this year is going to be the the engine that will be Gregory and Gene Molta. What did you see out there as far as their partnership that continues to develop? Uh, you know. I honestly had in my mind them both playing CDM like together more on a four, two, three, uh, one, but 
you know, if we're going to do this, this five, three, two, add in Mo Adams, add in, you know, Robbie Taylor, whoever you want over there. I still think that, that Gregory and Mota will be the, the, the big ones that will be the driving force for this team. Anything out there you saw that you loved, anything that you saw that you hated? Uh, I'm going to be honest. I think they're going to be the linchpin going forward for a successful season for us. If they're succeeding in the middle of the park, we're going to be great. If they're off their game, we're going to struggle. A lot of last season struggles came because our midfield just decided to disappear. And it felt like we were playing five up front and five in the back. Uh, Gregory, I mean, there's no, there's no surprise. He's going to lock it down. He's the bulldog. He's the enforcer in the middle of the park, which is going to free up Mota to make those runs, make those passes and hell take a shot from 30 yards out. I'm all for it. I'm here for it. But I also think too, Mota can slot in when Gonzalo needs a break and he'll be that key distributor and he'll lead the key passes for each game that he's there. Uh, I like what I see as long as we keep gelling and, and moving in the right direction. I agree with that. I, I agree with honestly your assessments on both players. I think Mota is, is honestly more of the creator where Gregory is more of that defensive uh, cleanup player. And yeah, and obviously, you know, me, we've been, uh, what playing, playing FIFA for like two years, three years now. And I don't, you know, Hey, if you want to take a rip from 30 yards out, <laughs> good on you, go ahead and do it. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk a little bit about what Phil had to say after the game pretty in line with what anyone who watched this game would probably, uh, you know, take as their assessment, which was a very nervous first half, seemed to settle and grow in the second. Uh, we'll see this kind of trend probably in the, the first few games of the season as everyone gets comfortable and reestablished, uh, you know, with the league play against starters, right? A lot of preseasons, heavy rotations, so you're not going to full 90 minutes against, uh, you know, the best 11 uh, or, you know, I guess best 14 with all the subs and everything. Uh, North stands were going hard as hell. Uh, I love that. You love that. I think everyone that was at the game or saw that on TV thought it was one of those beautiful things they saw. Some that kind of made me chuckle, though, was uh, Phil thought it was, like might have been toilet paper. He wasn't exactly sure uh, what they were handing out. I guess he didn't know what streamers were. Uh, I know that's a big, big... Uh, component of like 4th of July uh, parades and stuff like that. I remember winding streamers through my bike, bike spokes and all that stuff. But um, I, if that's a new tradition that we're starting, Hey, I am a hundred percent on board. What was it like seeing that from, you know, more of the telly side? So the telly side, I mean, unfortunately I don't think the television crews loved it as much as everybody else did. The only thing you really saw, and it was actually kind of comical was when Diop made that first big save, there were still streamers in and out of the net. <laughs> um, but so social media, you know, hats off to everybody and all the various uh, supporters groups. Everybody had great videos of it. There's great photos. I, I can't remember who posted it, but it was the South Floridian sunset with the North stand just hucking all their streamers up in the air. It, it was a gorgeous sight. But I got to say, Phil, we're just removed from 2020. We're not going to be hucking gold up in the air like that. Toilet paper is a hot commodity. We're <laughs> not going to be wasting it like that. You can't have my Charmin. Just Every, saying. Everyone's still scarred from the, the, the COVID shortage. Uh, but actually, uh, Sean Messick, uh, one of my friends from Vice City, show me this dope video and I messaged him Sunday. I was like, please send me that video. And he was really kind of more at the, the, the top of the, uh, you know, in the, in the, the higher stands for the supporters. And he had this video that started like real time. And then it, it went to slow motion as the streamers were thrown. 
and you just see everything get overtaken. And it was, it was just one of the, the coolest videos and traditions. Like I'm all for that. Uh, but back to more of what Phil was saying after the game, I had very high praises for Noah Allen. Uh, Noah had a, a really great game. He actually had his own, uh, you know, post game conference due to that. Uh, but he was super proud of him. Said that he is a brilliant future. Uh, the thing that kind of threw me off and I know you probably, you don't even like this will probably blow your mind was that Phil honestly was considering going with Drake calendar over Diop, but he just thought that since Diop had more experience in the MLS, that he would be the best start. I don't, I, I know what your thoughts are, but just for the listeners, like what is your take on that? That, that calendar almost got the start over Diop. Listen, if, if I ever see calendar start, I'm going to turn the TV off and I'm going to let the discord tell me exactly how the game went. Cause I'm not going to watch it. Apparently Phil forgot those two horrific goals where calendar forgot where he was during the preseason, including one that just rolled right by him and he had no clue where it was. I, I honestly don't even see if we're talking rankings, right? Marsman's got to be our number one. Diop is two. Dos Santos, I don't know if he's injured or if he's not ready, but he's like three. And then I would put Gregory in goal <laughs> and then maybe think about calendar as like my last shot. Like I'm talking like Gregory pulling a Rio Ferdinand and like getting in goal after a horrific send off. But yeah, yeah, I would honestly, I would, know, I would take Breck just for the height advantage. Dude, Breck can catch snakes. He can catch shots. It'll be all right. <laughs> But, you know, like, I'm going to save the listeners hearing me complain for, like, the fourth time I've been on the pod. Calendar is not ready. He should not be out there. If he's out there, we have some serious problems in goal. As far as, as starting goes. Well, you know, Phil kind of wrapped it up with, like, hey, we still have a shitload of work to do. Uh, and we're going to, you know, continue to see this team advance. But let's go ahead and move on to the man, the 17-year-old who got his start, had his mom, his dad, I think his brother, or maybe it was his sister in the stands with him, as well as a, a bunch of friends of his, probably from high school or, uh, you know, where he, the guys he's previously played with growing up. But how do you, how do you hate, how could you hate this kid? He's literally all smiles. You could tell so hard. He was trying to just not grin the entire interview. You could just tell how happy he was. And, um, and then you kind of mentioned that the previous club was, was pretty upset to even lose him. Yeah. So apparently, you know, in the, in the Academy rumor mill down in South Florida, uh, Weston had him poached by inner Miami when inner Miami first opened up shop with their Academy and Weston FC has still yet to really get over that. They're still a little salty, but when it was brought up during the interview, he had a little tongue in cheek and like he wanted to say something. He was smiling and he kind of just handed it with with grace and continued on and just, you know, thanked his former players for coming out and supporting him as well. So uh, it, it was good to see. He handled it with class. I mean, that's, a, you know, I, I, I could see why Weston FC might be a little upset. He's definitely got a, a lot of talent. It would not surprise me if this short-term loan deal turns into a full-on, you know, contract with the, with the first team for this year. Uh, he said he was extremely nervous going into the game. And I mean, who wouldn't be right? You're 17 years old about to come on and start your first MLS professional soccer game. 
but he was called by his teammates. It sounds like they came up to him or like, Hey man, just like you, you, you do what you do. You go out, you play your game that we've all seen you play in practice day in, day out. We've seen you in the preseason. Just go out and do the same thing and, and you're going to be fine. And I honestly think that's, that's what he did. And, and that's, you know, how, how he kind of learned. And, and I think he is looking to the leaders for that mentorship, right? Looking for the Gregory, looking for uh, the Gonzalo, people that can help him become the best person and in, in the best player that he can be. Um, he's in, in, incredibly humble, uh, Noah Allen is. Uh, he was critical of his own play. You know, he would say he mistimed some balls or he misplaced some balls. Uh, to be 17 and be able to, to to say that, hey, you know, everyone was praising him in the post game, and everyone was, you know, clapping when he came off the pitch. And then to come in there and be like, look, here's what I did wrong. This is what I want to work on and, and be better in. Like, that's something that you don't really see a lot in someone that's so young. So it's very uh, amazing that we have such a, a young kid with such good character. And he mentioned that, you know, without the academy, he doesn't think he would be the same player and that he's really – taken everything in he's been a sponge and, and improved in every area or uh, piece that was recommended by any of the coaching staff or teammates and, and kind of taken that in and ran with it I think he's got an incredibly bright future with the club um, you know this is someone that uh, you know both you and I have have watched you have really followed Fort Lauderdale probably more than I'd say 99.8% of people in this world. So you've seen them play. Uh, this was someone that you put me on to. Uh, you know, we mentioned, uh, I think on the previous episode, right, that, you know, if we could have one player from from the Academy of Fort Lauderdale brought up, and you think your choice was was Acosta. Uh, mine was was Allen, but your second was Allen, and probably my third was was Acosta, right? And the fact that we get to make these choices is, is simply uh, – spectacular and there was a lot of talent on that team that we want to see continue to grow with the, the with the team you know we saw sean sean hundle get chances but i really think this academy will be the the bloodline of this club and i think we can compete with some of the greater academies like the seattles like the phillies like the dallases and and really bring up this talent and of course we get the best deals on them because they're homegrown players Absolutely. And, you know, to touch base on Noah's match, like kind of wrap it all up every so often in any sport, you see somebody come onto the field and you're like, holy shit, that kid has it. Mm -hmm. And like when Noah stepped out there and, you know, it's easy for me to be biased and to gush over the kid because I've wanted him to succeed in the worst way. But he stepped out there and I, I was thinking to myself, Oh shit, he's ready. He's ready for this. Uh, Gonzalo blew up at him once and he kind of just stared back at him. And then there was a mutual understanding and respect that I don't think Gonzalo gave a lot of players last year. So instead of a giant blow up, it was a teaching moment. And Gonzalo realized that. But you know, you have the backing of the club when you are a 17 year old kid walking off the field and David Beckham leaves his seat to meet you at the field and shake your hand. Like, if I'm Noah, I am having somebody blow that up, and that is going to be the biggest photo in our house. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is that is huge. But to touch base on the academy side, if we want to succeed, because let's be honest, we're behind the eight ball that is behind the eight ball right now in terms mm-hmm. of where our team should be. We need 
to follow the lead with Hendo, with Neville, with Beckham, and understand that the academy has to come first. I've had countless arguments with folks who are like, no, no, no. We need to get the big-name players. We need to be splashy. We need to be like every other team in Miami. Because let's be honest, Miami fans expect the big names. They want to have the immediate impact signings. If we want to have long-term success, we need to build out of the academy. United did it. Uh, and in terms of Manchester, you know, a lot of the bigger name clubs do it. Um, I, I think that's the best way we can succeed. You know, like you talked about Hundal, you talked about, uh, I mean, Eddie Ascona, Felipe yep. Valencia, uh, Ethan Harden, which is yep. another one of my dark horses to come out soon. RIP Curry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitchell Curry. I mean, he's going to get chances else, elsewhere, which makes me happy, mm-hmm. uh, which is also going to give uh, give way to one of our youth players, which I'm excited for, but I'm keep that under lock and key until another episode. Um, but it's definitely going to be good for us if we can keep the academy on the rise. I agree. And he said that the the athletic trainers let him keep his, uh, his jersey, his kit, and that he will hopefully be able to get it signed by – uh, the team and he wants it framed in, in his bedroom. I mean, this is truly the stuff that, that you dream about when you're in high school and to be able to experience that has got to be a, a hell of a feeling. Uh, but let's move on to, so the, you know, MLS is back. So that means the power rankings are back. Um, obviously we have a bit of a stigma in the league and, you know, with a draw, uh, you know, it's not really going to necessarily help us out in the power rankings. People are still going to remember what we did from last season and the previous season. So we came in at 24 out of the 28. Uh, our partner in expansion, Nashville, is number uh, two. And just put this in perspective. So we're at 24. Uh, Chicago is at 21. So even though it was a draw, they're giving them a little more uh, credit. But again, I think if once we settle down, uh, Leonardo Campagna finishes these chances I think we're going to make a climb. I think we're going to be a little bit better than the expectations that everyone had for this season uh, as we continue to gel and mesh and build the foundation. But, uh, you know, next game coming up against Austin FC, expansion team from last year. We are about to enter the uh, gorgeous man, uh, Copeta beautiful man, right? Or the, I don't know, beautiful man classico, whatever it is. We've got David Beckham up against Matthew McConaughey. Uh, you know, they do have some pretty talented players like Dominguez or uh, Sebastian Druisi, but they're on a high horse right now, right? They scored five against Cincinnati, which we did last season, and we all know how we were last season. So they're on a high horse. I don't think, you know, they're necessarily a great team. I think this is a, a winnable game. It's tough because... There's not a, a ton of body of work to go off here, uh, especially being in the East Coast. I mean, there were very few games, I think, that I, I watched of Austin. If it was, it was just for like a, a couple minutes at a time. Um, but this is going to be a, a good game coming up Sunday at 4. I'm going to taper my expectations, though. Uh, came out a little hot with the 2-1 Chicago prediction. So I'm going to say 1-0 against Austin. think it will be a good game. I still think we're going to experience some troubles, maybe a little slow to start, but coming to our own, I'm you know confident in, in our defense improving as well. So I think we're going to one Oh, uh, draw against them. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts on Austin? I am going to go two one 
the boys take the victory against FC. All right, all right, all right. All right we are going to win right. the Copa de Beautiful Man or whatever we're going to call it going <laughs> forward. And, you know, I think Campagna finds that clinical touch. Uh, honestly, I, I think he's going to put it together. He'll be like a Chicharito or a Cavani who finds that, just just finds the space and put and puts the ball in the back of the net where no one else really expects him to be. I think he unlocks that this week. We go home with the win and prep for a really next, you know, really tough next game after that. Yeah. I mean, look, and it's a, it's a tough environment. I mean, that is a rowdy um, arena or stadium, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they their fans are very passionate. Uh, I love the city of Austin. It's a, it's an amazing city to travel. I know that we do have quite a bit of supporters and uh, you know, listeners that are actually traveling out to Austin. It's going to be a hell of a time. Be sure to shred up uh sixth street afterwards. Uh, an amazing, amazing time. I uh, unfortunately will not be able to join have my son's birthday and then the real birthday or the birthday party was pushed to the following week. So I'll also be absent for the LAFC game, which, you know, hurts because I really wanted to be there, but you got to do what you got to do when you have the children. It's all for the children. I know I don't have to explain myself to you, sir. Uh, you know how nope. it goes. Uh, but let's move on. Let's have a little bit of fun here. We've got uh, fan questions and hot takes here. Um, so kind of start with, I guess, the hot takes that we were getting on Twitter was uh, IMCF Talk says Robbie Taylor will be our breakout player of the year. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? I'm going to abstain because it's one game and it was <laughs> against Chicago. However, I don't think he will ultimately be our breakout player of the year. I I mean, you and I are both high in Lassiter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Campania can break out. If Campania finds a stride, he, and here's your hot take, everybody, could be going after the golden boot. Yes. Just I, saying. I do agree. I, I actually do agree with that quite a bit. If he keeps finding himself in, in, in that attacking position, uh, it, it would not surprise me. Crazier things have happened uh, in the league. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I, I think, I mean, I would love for for Robbie Taylor to um, be the breakout player, but I think there's a lot of competition. So you already mentioned Lasseter. That that was my pick for kind of the, the, the breakout player uh, that we discussed like an episode or two ago. Um, I But you also have like Emerson, uh, Gene Mota. I mean, you could technically throw Robbie in there because he really is yet to break out. And then we have a, a whole new back line. I mean, Noah Allen, you know, if he continues to play, he could be a, a breakout player or Yedlin upon his return or Damian Lowe. Like there's just, there's a lot of players. I hope that he is because I want everyone to be as good as they can. But I would be, you know, if you were going to hold a gun to my head, I'm still sticking with Lasseter. Let's move on though. Elder Barr. Says both teams are coming in hurt from the previous season. It was a battle of who is worst. Okay, game over and all. I think the excitement of 2022 helped. Tired of the five man backline. So this kind of uh, goes back to what we were discussing about the formations in, you know, 5 3 2, 5 2 3, or do we give the 4 2 3 1 a shot? I'll start here and then I'll let you have it. I'm I would like to see us utilize our wingers. I would either want five, two, three, in which I will allow the five man back as long as we have two wingers with, you know, Campania up top or even Gonzalo. 
but I really want to see what this team could do in a 4 2 3 1 with, with Mota and Gregory as the true CDMs. Gonzalo is the cam, flanked by either Emerson, Robbie, uh, and then Lasseter on the right side with Campania up top. So, uh, yeah, I will agree. I'm, 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 I'm a little tired of it. I, it's not flashy. It's more conservative, and I would like to see uh, a four-man back line to utilize the wingers. What are your, what's your take on it? I mean, I'm, I'm just going to reiterate what I said. We need to keep the five until we know what we have as a back line because, there, like I said, there was a lot of times where I'm watching that back line going, what in the hell are you doing? And it's it's going to be tough, especially when Carlos Vela comes to town. We're going to have to play another defender in the back and probably almost slot Gregory in the more of like a holding holding center defensive mid, but like closer to the center backs. Once we're able to figure out what we have, who's available, who's who's going to maintain their healthy form, then we can switch into an alternate formation. But while we're still figuring ourselves out, figuring how best to gel, how best to work with each other, we need to play safe, and then we can start to get adventurous. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, now moving over to some questions from the Discord. So the previous ones were uh, Twitter uh, and Instagram. Uh, but on Discord, Don Cafecito, what will it take for Harry Neville to finally be good in fans' eyes? What would it well, take, Than? It's going to take Harvey Neville quite a bit. What Did I say Phil? <laughs> no, you said Harry. Like Harry oh, Harry, Maguire. sorry. What are you doing? <laughs> um, no, but okay. I know a lot of people have asked me this, especially in the Discord. And they think it's just me watching his few games from Fort Lauderdale last year. I spent a lot of time watching him play through the United Academies as well. There was times where he looked brilliant. He looked like his dad. He looked like his uncle rampaging through the field. And then there was times where he looked like he was completely lost. He put his defenders and his goalkeep in bad positions and he gave up bad goals. I need to see that he has steady growth and doesn't make those boneheaded errors going forward. I would like to see him honestly, and I know it's going to go against a lot of folks. I'd like to see him stay another year down in Fort Lauderdale. I'm sorry, inner Miami too. Now I would like to see them continue to help him grow. And then he can come up when he's needed. I personally think that if they bring him up now, it's going to look uh, a little a little sketch, a little suspect because of the last name on the back of his uh, jersey. Fair. And, you know, that 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 nepotism is something that people are aware of and, and are keen of. Uh, so the next one is, does Jay think Robbie will have a breakout season now that he is smiling again? Uh, good to see you smile, Robbie. It's something you need to do more. Uh, really. We just enjoy seeing you smile over here. Uh, will it, um, will you have the breakout season? I'm, you know, kind of in previous discussions here, you know, I think I shot the, the under on the goals. I think he had, what, four last year. I, I just think there's a lot of competition now on the wings with Lasseter, with Emerson. Um, the battle between him and Emerson uh, will be something to keep an eye on. If Emerson gets injured, then he's definitely got more of a shot. But uh, Robbie's also had his fair share of, you know, injury battles. So 
Uh, will he have a breakout season? I'm still kind of tapering my expectations, even though I am excited to see him smiling again. And then we'll move on. We got some uh, IMCF Traveler uh, questions. He spit out a few of us. These are very quick. Um, wait, are you waving me on? I, I can't tell. It's so dark. Yeah, I was actually going to talk about Robbie. Quick. Okay, go ahead. So real quick, Robbie, I, I'm going to give you one more hot take here for the episode. I know I'm, I'm firing out hot takes right now. Robbie, if he does not, if he does not start to produce this season, Inter Miami moves on from Robbie. Yeah, I, it's nothing personal to Robbie. It's nothing. I, I I don't have a grudge against Robbie, but they have to start looking at what was drafted around him and what the other clubs are getting from that same draft class. He's not producing to the expectations. I also think you see if Indy Vasilev comes back, mm. that offers another winger who can play both sides. Robbie's going to be the odd man out because you can't sit here and tell me you would start Robbie over Indy, a healthy Indy who lit up the league when he played for us last year. I mean, I don't see it. I agree. But does uh, Gerard let him go? That's going to be the thing. I don't care what that scouse does. It's just better <laughs> right. Like I need him over here ASAP. See if 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 Frankie would have won that that coaching gig, he he would have given him this. I, I just I just don't uh, trust a, a Gerard over there. But uh, moving on, IMCF Traveler. These are gonna be quick ones right here. Uh, simple kind of player over this player, right? So who would you rather have, Lasseter over Campagna? I know we talked about it before. I know you said you wanted to be quick. I'd have to choose Lassiter over Campania because I think Lassiter offers a little bit more. Campania makes me a little concerned because he's played in the high cathedrals of football. His first game out was kind of a dud. So as of right now, Lassiter. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and go with Campania on this because I assume that Campania is, uh, we're talking about the center forward or one of the forwards here, right? I think Lasseter would be best utilized in uh, the wing position. So I would, even though I think Lasseter is the breakout candidate of the year, I'm going to have to go with uh, Leonardo Campania. All right, uh, Robbie Taylor over Mo Adams. No question. Sorry, Mo, you let me down. 315, yet again, can't forgive you. Got to go, Robbie Taylor. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Mo Bica over Quinteros. Don't ask me that question. It's got to be Mobika. It's got to be Mobika. Plus that height. Yeah, right. We need that height in the attack. Uh, and then this one is just <laughs> really traveler. This is what you're giving us. I know you got better than this. Diop over Marsman. Drake count. Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry. It's got to be Marsman. It's got to be Marsman. Well, it's a few more games without Marsman, but uh, we'll take them back with welcome arms. But hey, you know what? Diop has played very well. A lot of key saves, so uh, we'll we'll keep our eyes on these ones. But uh, yeah, I mean that 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 really brings us to uh, to the end here. Um, slight delay, man. I mean, full disclosure, had some uh, corrupt audio files. Had to had to you know record this over a, a couple days. So apologize for the delay. Uh, we will be better. I promise you, we'll be better. Uh, again, Austin Sunday, four p.m. If you don't. Follow us on Instagram at Enter MI Podcast. If you don't follow us on, oh wait, no, I backed that up. <laughs> Instagram is at Enter Miami Podcast. Twitter is Enter MIA uh, Podcast. Shoot us a DM if you want in the Discord. It's grown like what four times the amount, five times the amount over the past few weeks. So yep. nonstop uh, banter. But as we end every single episode, 
Vamos, Miami. Vamos, Miami. <laughs>